Talks, a chat with Finance Malta, is the podcast series that gives you short, thoughtful and regular insights from leading experts of the financial services industry. I'm Vanessa MacDonald. Welcome. Welcome to another in the series of FinTalks by Finance Malta. I'm Vanessa MacDonald and here I am today with Dr. Geraldine Spiteri from Acumum to talk about the maritime industry. We all know that Malta is sixth on the register around the world for, Ship for commercial registry. shipping, but we perhaps haven't actually understood just how well we're doing with super yachts. Yes. How do we rank when it comes to the super yacht uh, registry? Well, for yachting, we claim to be the largest flag, um, definitely in Europe, uh, but I also think worldwide. Um, if you attend any of these um, conferences, or rather the yacht shows, you will see that the Malta flag is quite predominant, uh, you know, flown among some of the biggest yachts, that would be birth, that shows. Uh, I know, you must be dying to say flying the flag flying for Malta, flag, but yes, indeed. they really are. They really are yeah. in this case. Geraldine, you've been following this industry obviously very closely, and this is pretty much the end of the season for the Mediterranean. Yes. Most, most yachts that would do a Caribbean season would be getting ready for the, for the crossings. So yes. What, what have we learned this season? How did things go, especially after COVID? Okay, so... Um, during COVID, there was a little bit of uncertainty because of a, a lot of people thinking, we can't go out, we can't go out, what am I going to go for a yacht for? Then in 21, or maybe even earlier on during late 20, people began to realize, I can't travel, I can't go out and about, but I can sit on board a yacht secluded with my bubble. So we've seen, as of the last year or so, steady growth. A, lo- a large number of the big yacht yards have their ordering capacity full for the next couple of years. They're not taking any further orders. So, but there's also been some trading in older yachts, um, you know, and they're looking towards newer ones. Those who have succeeded in ordering a new one will now be looking at or have already started to sell their yacht. Um, there has al- so that has been an upward trend. There has also been an upward trend in the charter market because people realizing this are going for charters as a trial period. They've also started to go for fractional ownership. So people buy a yacht among six, seven families they never meet, you will have one service provider coordinating these schedules. Sort of a timeshare It's kind of a timeshare. It's the new evolution of timeshare, really. Yes, now usually they spend a few years and then decide that yachting is not for them or else to go the full Full Monty and buy the yacht. So there's been a lot of activity going on there. One of the things we've seen with this season has been the awareness of sustainability and environmental awareness. Now, towards the end of the winter period, there was a lot of activity going on in the aviation industry and with awareness and environmental protesters doing this and that. And earlier on this summer, we saw that with one big super yacht, which got a huge spray of orange paint on it. Uh, and I note, uh, as I was coming back from the Khan Yacht Show, I noticed an article on LinkedIn about this yacht being subjected, after the repairs and cleanups were done, to another spray treat, 
with a huge uh, set of banners, billionaires should not exist, uh, and all of this thing. Now, these people don't realize um, that probably they waste much more energy when they use their inefficient cars and maybe an inefficient fridge than you would with some of the green yachts that there are around. And I'm happy to say that uh, my last trip, for example, in Cannes, I saw more and more ecological yachts. One yacht, uh, which is completely ecological, it claims to be zero emission, so I, I don't know, but it's possible. Um, and there are ways to compensate for your emissions. and So there's a lot that's going on that way. So an evolving industry in terms of sustainability, an evolving industry, evolving in terms of the changes um, to how people are doing business and the frequency. There's also been a change in the type of your thing, if you like, uh, in that people are going towards what we call yachting cruises, whereby you have something in the style of a super yacht taking on a number of passengers and delivering trips, which are a bit more like uh, a cruise. More in line, yes, and they are much more experience-based rather than destination-based. Yes. People want to, to explore and, yes. and so on. So what they do in this case is, um, rather than go to the people touristy areas, they go to more remote areas, different areas. Uh, they claim to be also research expeditions in some cases, which is why the change in the build, the shape of the yachts. Some of them have ice-breaking bows, making them more expensive. Um, some of them have, you know, more facilities for more people uh, to be on board. Uh, and the trip is of a different type, still luxurious but the destination that they look at, maybe the Arctic, the Antarctic, areas which you wouldn't go for your casual summer swim. <laughs> Geraldine, one of the things which is obviously very important is not only what the uh, yachts themselves are doing, as you say, the sector itself is, is reacting to sustainability issues, but what about the multi jurisdiction? Are we actually doing anything in terms of innovation? Have we introduced any new laws? Okay, so uh, in 2020, the Commercial Yacht Code was revamped. Um, the Commercial Yacht Code is a technical code. It aligns with the technical safety conventions. One of them is the Safety of Life at Sea Convention and graduates it for different size of yachts. So up to 24 meters, um, and up all the way up to 50 and then above 50. When you have a yacht above 50 meters or above 500 gross tons, you have the full safety convention requirements applied. Now, what was the problem with that is that the, pass the safety um, features of a commercial yacht were up to 12 passengers. Beyond 12 passengers, you become a full merchant ship under the Safety of Life at Sea Convention. So what they did um, in they Malta, being Malta yes. mm -hmm. is to promote, promulgate, sorry, to issue a passenger yacht code in 2021. Uh, it came into force last year, or at least fully into force, um, whereby a commercial yacht can carry more than 12 passengers without being a full passenger ship. I believe it's up to 36. Um, and there are more safety features 
because you're taking into account that you have more than 12 passengers. What are the issues with this? When you're registering a yacht to be used commercially or now even more as a passenger yacht, the requirements of the code are geared more towards safe and reliable operation than speed and beauty of design. So there'll be more attention to uh, the materials used, um, the life-saving equipment, the firefighting equipment, because a fire has, be, has to be detected and extinguished in the, in the area it originates. If you don't manage to prevent it, you should first prevent it. So you have all these, you know, all things like the radio installations, these safety feature installations, the materials used, the training that you deliver, and it will vary according to the number of passengers that you're meant to have. Now, by promulgating this code, you're giving certainty to the owners and to the yards who are building these yachts at a cost of millions of dollars. I mean, a new delivery can be anything like $100 million. And then you are providing um, the market with a safety standard by which to go. So even the charters know that they are boarding a yacht, leasing out a yacht that is built and equipped to meet certain standards. These standards will also depend on where the yacht intends to operate. Are you going to be in North Sea? Are you going to be in the Med? Are you going to be in the Atlantic? Because the waves and the weather and everything else, you know, the temperatures are going to be different. So this is all um, very exciting because it's always important to look backwards and to see how far we've come. However, what lies ahead? Are there any things that we have already on the cards or which your clients have told you should be on the cards? Well, there is a continued, um, let's say, keeping on their radar, the sustainability requirements. Now, some yachts have been completely zero emission. Um, there is an issue with the batteries debate. There have been huge problems with devices that are lithium battery operated. They are very dangerous. Uh, they are generally either non-insurable. I was speaking to a large insurance company and they were talking about a clause um, in your insurance policy which will now declare whether or not you can carry lithium-ion battery-operated things and how you're supposed to store them, maintain, charge and all that. Um, but obviously you still have a problem about how to dispose of them. Science hasn't come that far yet. So this is going to be an issue because obviously a lot of these tenders and toys could or would be lithium battery operated. If carried on board, they are a definite danger and they are very difficult to extinguish. So this is one thing, you know, we're moving from your traditional diesel or petrol fuel stuff to battery and other um, operated, but they could be causing Obviously, we're problems. just exchanging one problem for, for another. another. Mm -hmm. For the owner, of course, if you speak to the survey guys and the class societies, very sustainable stuff costs more money at build stage. So you have a trade-off there. Yes, I'm going to be more environmentally friendly, trend, uh, sorry, environmentally aware or friendly, but I am going to spend so much more, a good percent more, in order to build this yacht in this way. 
So we have a bit of that. There's also the fact that obviously, you know, they just decide to change certain furnishings and whatever, and you're throwing out a whole load of old stuff. That's also an environmental issue. We can't just think of emissions, right? They might donate them, but they might not. So yes, I think what needs to be kept under everyone's eyes is the sustainability and the environment, especially if you, the yacht uh, builds and whatever are going to increase. So there's going to be more of them. There needs to be some awareness, yes. Are there any issues with uh, human resources as there are with most other sectors in Malta? Yes, there is. Um, there is, first of all, the issue of uh, yachting crew um, who would do your usual crew training, um, obviously tailored to the fact that they're going to be on yachts, not merchant ships. There is a shortage. There's always a demand. It is a job which, during the charter season, places a very high demand on the crew. During the low season, less so, so it can become a bit boring. There's also the fact that when you compare um, you know, different crew, it could be um, such a high pay that obviously owners may be less willing to pay. For commercial yachts, there is the, com um, there is the Maritime Labour Convention, they have to comply. For private yachts, maybe not as much, although a good owner will still comply with certain basic requirements. Uh, it is an issue to find good crew. Some of the people who join probably think it's a summer of fun, uh, you know, as with some other industries, of course. And then they go there and they find it's much more grueling than they thought it is, especially when they're young. Um, so yes, that could be an issue as well. Uh, there are initiatives. Um, I myself chair up the Malta branch of the Nautical Institute, which is a professional organization for seafarers of all types. There are many others that exist, uh, you know, crewing agencies, and it is the duty of these people to teach the youngsters um, not just the academic knowledge, but the actual being on board. But yes, there's an awful lot more to it than meets the eye. Yes. Geraldine, you sound extremely positive about the industry. I take it that uh, you don't have any sort of cautionary tales for anybody out there. No, I, I think it is just, you know, um, keep the yacht uh, under a good, up to a good standard, even if it's privately registered. I would still observe the technical requirements if the yacht is big enough to make it financially feasible because that way she maintains her market value. If you have a private yacht that you have allowed to fall short of the commercial yacht code, let leave the passenger yacht code because that's a bit grueling. Uh, if you are looking to sell, a buyer is going to need to upgrade if they're going to charter. So then it's going to be, he's going to try and push your price down because he needs to make class. Whereas if you've continued to observe the requirements and keep your yacht up to those safety and technical standards, the yacht will maintain her value. And I think that's important. Geraldine, thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you. That's all for today. Subscribe now to the Fintalks and follow Finance Malta on all social media platforms to stay updated with all our activities. Till the next podcast.